covenant service. And uh, we're going to be speaking a little bit about covenant. Just uh, Some of you might know a lot about covenant, others might not. But um, let me just give a brief overview. There are lots of different covenants in the Bible. And uh, the main one that we understand is the blood covenant, which is the covenant that, um, with that Jesus uh, died for and uh, the one that we believe then, therefore, we are forgiven through his sacrifice. And that was a covenant that he had with the Father, but also had with us. So in covenants, covenants can be a number of things, but most of that, that particular blood covenant is a binding covenant. In other words, it's a till death us do part covenant, just as is a marriage covenant. It's till death us do part. But there are other covenants as well, and there are covenants that are there for a time. And some of us today have entered into some of those covenants as well as the forever after covenant as well. So we might be married, we might not be married, but we might, and I presume, have already entered into a covenant with God to be able to take on the blessings of God, the, ble the blessings that Jesus provided for us with God. We then covenant with Jesus, and as a consequence, it's a forever after covenant too. We commit ourselves, our lives, wholly and solely to God, to Jesus, to be able to then renew us. Now, let me explain what, what sort of things happen in covenants. In covenants, especially uh, the forever after covenants, they exchange clothing, like a coat or something. And that clothing represents the person, the being. So they exchange their, clo their coats. One person gives their coat and the other one gives their coat back to the other person. And therefore, that person is saying to the other, I'm taking on who you are and I'm responsible for you. They exchange their belts, um, and that belt is meant to be, again, that same sort of thing, that, that power of who they are exchanged. They sometimes, you know, cut themselves and exchange blood, meaning that the same blood, or in, in the spirit, the same blood flows through them. Uh, they, they drink uh, wine, and they swap cups. That's another thing, and we do that at communion. We, we have drink from the same cup. That's a covenant relationship, meaning that we all have the same blood running through us. That's, that's the, the spiritual, uh, I guess, connotation for that. They eat, the, eat bread, and we do, again, that at communion, so it's a covenant service at communion as well. And that's meant to be the flesh, so we take on the flesh of the other person. So there's lots of things in relationship, in covenant, that we do. And those things sometimes are binding. But what I want to talk about are some of the other things, the other things that we choose to do in covenant as well, in different covenants. Many of you here have chosen to covenant with the rest of us by serving in some way. And that's just such a blessing to other people. And you've covenanted for a period of time. You believe that for a period of time you will take on a certain job, a certain position, um, a certain action for and on behalf of the people here in this congregation and for God. And so you're giving yourself, you're actually giving yourself to God and to us. Let me read another scripture here. And I think this scripture then starts to, to say things a little bit more clearly. 
And this is from John. And it's actually going to be uh, Jesus speaking to Peter, or Simon Peter. And I want to bring out some things in this particular scripture. This is about the third time that Jesus had appeared to, to the disciples after he'd risen. So he'd gone to the cross, he'd been to the cross, he'd risen and he, he came back. And here he is in this story on the side of the Galilee near Tiberias, which was a very fancy-wancy town, a city in those days. And he calls the disciples and they were out fishing. So let me just commence here at verse 15. He said, when he had finished eating, that's after, well, sorry, they came back. I'll tell you the story a little bit further on. They came back in with a great load of fish and they started cooking it. And Jesus then started to distribute. So they ate together. And when they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Now, we don't know who the these are. There's a lot of debate about that. Then he says, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said again, take care of my sheep. Then the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, well, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. There's a lot in this short section. Let me start by saying that when we come into covenant and we serve God within our, uh, in our congregations, we're actually like managers. We become a manager. And a manager has to be someone who is compassionate, someone who cares, someone who's sensitive to the people around them, yet humble enough to be a representation and show how to do things. So not a person who doesn't do things and just dictates to others, but someone who is humble enough to actually do things. And often a manager does that without people seeing or hearing or even knowing that they're doing that. As well as that, they usually give encouragement, they're usually very well-organised people and responsible people because they can't do their job unless they're responsible and organised. And I want to just say, this congregation is full of those people. It's just brimming over with those sorts of people, with managers here. People who have those gifts on them and who apply those gifts for and on behalf of the church. But I believe that that's what Jesus is talking to Simon Peter about here. I want you to notice a few things here. The word Peter, and most of you would know this, actually means rock. But Jesus, when he's addressing Peter, in inverted commas, he's actually saying Simon. He's not saying Peter. He actually says Simon. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And then he continues on, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Then Simon, son of John, saying Simon. So 
We need to know what, why he's choosing the word Simon or why the author of the book is choosing the word Simon instead of the word Peter. And Simon is very interesting because what it means is the word means to listen intelligently. To listen with all your heart and soul. To listen at that really deep level, not just superficially, but to listen deeply. So it's important then. So when he's addressing him as Simon, Simon Peter's realising, hey, this is a bit different because Jesus was the one that changed my name and told me I was going to be called from this time onwards, Peter. And now he's calling me Simon and this is, this is a bit strange. So he must be meaning, listen intelligently to what I'm saying to you. And then the first thing that he says, of course, is feed my lambs. So he says, feed my lambs. Then he says, tend my sheep. And then he says, feed my sheep. Interesting progression of thought. I think, and there's lots of other ways of thinking about this, but my thoughts on it are that feed my lambs means the new people, the people who are a bit more vulnerable, the ones that are unable to, or that, that don't know the scriptures particularly well, the ones that um, are maybe new to Christianity, the lambs, the ones that need a little bit more support. So he's saying, feed those people, Simon. They need feeding. Then he goes a little bit further and he says, tend the sheep or take care of the sheep. Now that's different to feeding them. That's, that's about that management stuff that I was talking about earlier. It's about being a good manager, being compassionate, being able to deal with people, being able to talk with people in a sensitive um, way that, where they feel needed and loved and cared for. And he's saying to Peter there, tend those sheep. And the sheep meaning, I think, in this case, all of them, the lambs and the sheep together not just the mature ones or the ones that were old enough to know, to know stuff already. And then he says, on top of that, the very last time, he says, and feed my sheep. So not only does Simon, the one who's listening carefully to what Jesus is saying, is, has to only not feed the lambs, he's got to look after the whole of the congregation in a very man good management style, and then he needs to feed them as well. So he's got a lot on his plate. Jesus is expecting a lot from Simon. Now, I believe that most of us fit into that middle bracket there. Being managers, most of the people here are in covenant with God as managers. In that middle thing. So they're tending the sheep, looking after the sheep. Let me open it up a little bit more to you as well. You see, in, in this, in the, even though it says love, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Those words are actually different in the, uh, in the Greek. Jesus actually says that to, to Simon, he said, Simon, do you agapeo me? Agapeo, depending on how you like to pronounce it. Do you agapeo me? In other words, do you love me unconditionally that you would do anything for me and that I am so close to you that, you know, we are one, we are in sync? But Simon responds differently. He says, yes, Lord, I filio you. 
In other words, I'm your friend. And so Jesus gives it yet another go, the second go. He says, okay, Simon, do you agapeo me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Simon goes, yes, Lord, I'm your friend. Can you imagine what this is? sort of silly, isn't it? I'm glad you're laughing because I'm sure that Jesus was, in a sense, either frustrated or laughing as well, thinking, or anybody listening would have been thinking, this is a silly conversation. And Jesus tries it the third time. And again, he says, you know, Simon. Then he says something different. Do you filio me? Do you, are you my friend? And Simon goes, yes, I'm your friend. Did you notice that Simon was never prepared to go that extra bit? He was never prepared to be able to say, I agapeo you. He wasn't prepared to say that. He, he at this point in time, could not unconditionally just love Jesus enough. So, at the end of this, Jesus gives him an indication of what might be in store for him. Let me just read that bit again. So he says, I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Now, the early church and most commentators now still believe that what this is is an indication of, of who Peter is and what he was in for. That Peter was, did do things that he wanted to do when he was younger. He, he went his own way and did his things the, same, the way that he wanted to do them. But when he got older... This was an indication, a prophecy about what's going to happen. He said, someone, they're going to take you and your hands are going to be outstretched and you're not going to want to, to die for me. Tradition tells us that, that Peter, or Simon Peter, was actually crucified but upside down because he didn't feel he was worthy to be crucified right way up. So in other words, there seems to be that fulfilment that... that Simon Peter went to a place, he agapeoed, he went to that place, even though he didn't want to acknowledge it there in the scripture. He actually did the action. He went through that process. So he managed the things of God in such a way, even though he might have been a bit of an unwilling servant in the beginning, not really knowing what he was getting himself in for and probably trying very carefully not to get himself into it by, the, by what he was saying. Nonetheless, it appears as if he fulfilled what God knew was the right thing for him. Now, I'm not saying that you'll all follow your management skills um, within and your covenant with the congregation here to that end, end degree. You won't go and be crucified. I would very much doubt that, that anyone here was going to be crucified. But it can get very difficult. And I guess that's what the challenge is when you covenant with God in anything. The challenge is that it does get difficult. There are difficult people that you have to deal with. There are difficult situations you have to deal with. But God expects you to agapeo with him and with the congregation. Jesus wants you to love the people unconditionally, 
unconditionally to the point that they're not, you're not going to be offended if somebody says something offensive. Or you're not going to give up and, and get off the, the committee simply because it's difficult and there's lots of difficult people there. And I know you don't because I know, I know you well enough now, been here just long enough now to, to see what you do. To be able to go through those tough times and to be able to come out on top because it's not until we can do that, not until we can agapeo with people that we can see the blessings of God in the congregation or in the, in the areas that we work. So I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with Jesus standing on that shore in Tiberias. I can picture Tiberias because I've been there. Some of you others have been there as well. It's a very fancy town. And he's looking at the disciples and he's talking to you now on that beach. And he's saying, are you prepared to go the distance? Are you prepared to go the distance? Are you prepared to agapeo with the people of God and not worry about your own feelings and emotions and reactions to what might be. And I believe there are lots of you here today, probably most of you, that are prepared to do that because I see evidence of it all the time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, we can open up these scriptures and you can reveal through your Holy Spirit things to our heart, things that we might not have seen or heard or thought of before. And even if we have, Lord, you can reveal them at a deeper level. We take on board this morning, Lord, our commitment to you and our commitment to others. Lord, we commit that we take it further than just filio. We can be friends anywhere with anybody. Lord, here today, we reaffirm our commitment to our brothers and sisters here in the form of agapeo. We love them unconditionally. We're willing to go as far as you take us, humbling ourselves in the process. Thank you. Thank you for positioning us here and thank you for teaching us and loving us so much. Amen. Amen. 